When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, let's go hour number two on a Wednesday. Chad and Zay with you. NBA Finals Game 3 is tonight. The Softball World Series, that starts tonight. Will Oklahoma just keep rolling, or can Florida State maybe stop that a little bit? ESPN's got the softball at 7. ABC has your basketball at 7.30. Plus, we have been saying goodbye and rest in peace to the Iron Sheik today. We are both wrestling guys, after all. You'll excuse us for that. We are talking Mount Rushmore of heels in wrestling. I got the Sheik on my all-time heel list. Let us know who you might add to that list. Some of your favorite heels in pro wrestling history. The Specs text line is 337-3776. All right. Um, we got a lot, uh, a lot to get into. A lot of different Longhorn angles uh, that we need to hit here with our guest. We do it every Wednesday about this time. Let's go to the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline. He is Justin Wells of Inside Texas on 3.com at Justin Wells 2424 on Twitter. Justin, how are you? Doing well, gentlemen. How about yourselves? Man, doing good. Uh, we were just doing the math in our head trying to figure out if we had talked to you after the official Dylan Mitchell announcement. I think it was late last week, just after we had talked to you, if we're not mistaken here. Um, obviously a big moment for um, for Rodney Terry and what this team can be. Give me your reaction to that, because it felt like some of the discussion was, well, maybe he is going to stay in the draft. What would you make of him uh, coming back? Yeah, the, the, we, we kind of expected it, and of course he takes it to you know the the deadline like almost what an hour before the deadline, <laughs> right? Um, and that's in Dylan Mitchell style. Um, you know, it's big because they, they you know, you, you don't want to lose a big time prospect, and that's exactly what Dylan Mitchell is. He has a lot of untapped potential. We saw some of it as a freshman, and I think now that there's going to be more uh, room in the paint for him to to, to kind of develop and do things. It's going to be big. Uh, keeping this kid on the roster, he's got you know tons of athleticism, and he can actually handle the ball and shoot it pretty well. I can't wait to see him do that as a sophomore. But anytime you can talk a kid out of going to the NBA to to, to stay in Austin for another year, uh, that's a big thing for Rodney Terry. I thought it was huge to get him back uh, because now the roster's kind of filling out now. And even though you lost a couple dudes, the Ron Holland one is, is going to sting for a long time, but but. You know, top to bottom, he, he's restocking the, the roster. And I think Dylan Mitchell staying adds that, you know, he's got that youthful energy. He's got all that athleticism, and he's got some offensive game that needs to be developed. Let him do that over the next 12 months and go from a, you know, early second-round pick to a potential lottery pick in next year's draft. Yeah, Jay Wells, you talk about the offensive development from Dylan Mitchell, and I completely agree with that. If he brings that along, this 2024 basketball team could be really special. But I look at all the spots from the point to the two guard, Max Ace versus Tyrese Hunter. I'm good with that being locked down with Kendall Weaver coming off the bench. And then I look at the bigs, four and five, and I see Dylan DeSue, Caden Shedrick, and obviously Dylan Mitchell. But that three man, that small four position, I think it could be filled by maybe someone in a transfer portal. I don't know. But I would be a lot more comfortable, like you said, with Dylan Mitchell's offensive game. There's some things he didn't show us this past season that he probably could especially his shooting and maybe his ball handling, if he could develop that jump shot from the outside and, you know, his handle could tighten up just a bit, maybe he could be that three-man. And that's a good starting five there with Shedrick, DeSue, Ace Miss, Hunter, and Dylan Mitchell. Uh, 
I would only use Mitchell in the three in a defensive situation near the end of the first half, end of the second half. Um, Dylan's not a three. Uh, no, that, that, they're going to have to have a ball handler there. They're going to have to have a guy who can, can guard small forwards in that spot. Dylan's going to be a guy that, that's going to have to, like, like you said, he's going to have to get into the rotation. Uh, DeSue's going to be a, you know, a, a staple there, along with Cedric. But Mitchell's a guy that's going to come off the bench and, and, and give you some, some real energy and some real minutes. Uh, they do need to fill in that three spot. I think they have a couple guys there that could, that could take that mantle. But I'm not so sure that Rodney Terry and company's done. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they add one more guy to this roster uh, going into the season just because they, they, you know, I'd like to see another shooter actually added to the mix. And, and you know, we saw a little bit of Mitchell's, um, you know, NBA combine stuff, and the dude could shoot from outside. Like, he was filling it up. I just don't think he's in, in, in the position to play at that three spot right now. He, maybe from a defensive standpoint at the end of the halves, but overall – you got to have to find him a role in the four or five spot. You're going to have to find him a role where he's going to be able to flourish because that's basically what he's going to be doing in the NBA. Give Terry and, and company credit. They're going to find one more guy, I think, in the portal to add, and hopefully it'll be one of those swing forwards that can shoot the ball. Talking with Justin Wells inside Texas on 3.com. All right, Justin, let's talk, uh, talk a little football recruiting. Big name hitting that 25 list, I guess even starting that 25 list for Texas. K.J. Lacey, I see the offer list is really impressive for him to pick Texas considering where he's going to school, considering where he grew up is a big deal. How long have you known the name K.J. Lacey, uh, who will be a junior this year? Not very long. Okay. Uh, this is a kid. You know, with 2025 quarterbacks, we were always trying to figure out where exactly Sarkle's going to go because he identifies his guys early. There's always only – it's a very select few that, 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 that make that – that get past that mark, that test. K.J. Lacey checked every single box. I mean, you watch the tape, and it's ridiculous. I believe it was a 40-touchdown, five-interception season. He won the state championship as a 15-year-old quarterback. Uh, this is a guy that can do so many things. He does great stuff in the pocket, but even better is the off-platform stuff. Uh, the ball comes out relatively smooth. And I think Sark has basically stamped uh, the, the stamped down exactly what he wants at quarterback. And the rest of the college football world needs to understand from this point on, uh, the University of Texas is only bringing in elite quarterbacks. They're only going to bring in guys that can do the, the things that this offense needs. Lacey fits that mold. Alabama was the other team. You know, they, they had recently offered him. Nick Saban had been on him for a while. You know, big fans of the Crimson Tide. His teammate, five-star receiver Ryan Williams, is committed to Alabama. And he, he'd been on the, 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 the receiving end of a lot of that, that joy. Uh, that, that Lacey was spreading last season. It's going to be fun to see two years before he signs, so you always have to kind of throw in that caveat as well. It's like 38 special. you got to hold on loosely. But if Texas continues <laughs> to trend the way they are with quarterbacks, if they continue to, to develop and do what they're doing, don't. this is going to be the norm. A K.J. Lacey joining the mix is going to be the norm. That's what we're going to see moving forward. This is a very special quarterback. We had him on the on, on Texas football uh, live stream last night. He was tremendous. This is a leader. Got to talk to his head coach, Jeff Kelly, at Sarah Land on Saturday. You know, just, just gushes over everything that this kid does well. A lot of Bryce Young to his game, same body, same mold, same, same dual threat ability. Lacey is an uh, absolute marksman, and I think I'm not sure you could have gotten a better kid to start your 2025 cycle. All right, that's what I'm talking about. Jay Wells, it's been a week and some change since the football team has came back on campus and from Memorial Day and whatnot. What's the vibe on campus right now from the guys obviously returning and those incoming freshmen that weren't here in January? Time to go to work. They all understand it. They all have that fo singular focus. There's a lot of buy-in here, guys. That's the thing that if you talk to recruits, if you talk to recruits' parents, if you talk to other coaches, that's what you hear. It's like, listen, they, they know they've got something good here, and they're, they're staying the course. The, the, this group is bought in, and that's the beginning of, of good things. 
Uh, when it's a player-led organization, that's an even better sign of a growing and prospering program. That's exactly what these kids are doing. Um, at top to bottom, you know, the rest of those freshmen have arrived now. And, and Warren Roberson, I'm hearing, looks outstanding. The DB nickel safety out of Red Oak, he came in. He looks good. Jelani McDonald looks like a million bucks. That's a kid that's going to, you know, has versatility on so many in so many aspects on the defensive side of the ball. Um, you know, everybody's trying to find their role now. They're trying to find their niche. Uh, you're going to have a lot of uh, seven-on-seven stuff going on over the summer. You're going to have a lot of quarterback working with receivers. Uh, a, a, a lot of stuff where players just, you know, they work out together. They do things together. They do things as a whole and as a group because they realize uh, collectively they're so much stronger than they are by themselves. This group understands what's going on. Now they have a roster full of talent. There's a lot of guys on this team that have dreams of playing on Sundays that are going to be fulfilled over the next few years. But for the next six to nine months, their singular focus is, is winning the Big 12 in 2023. That started when they arrived on campus around May 30, May 30 of June 1st. Um, the major thing right now is getting everybody healthy, getting, getting everybody ready uh, on the same page, installing the offense, installing the defense, kind of getting all the – the nuance to, to before camp starts, you know, really kicking off in August, get all that stuff finalized. And so the coaches can do what they really need to do in June, which is focus on all these official visitors and recruiting the 2024 class. Justin, speaking of 2024, obviously that's when Texas will hit the SEC. One week from today in that primetime event, we'll find out what the Longhorns' first eight SEC conference games will be, uh, and they'll they'll set everything up. It feels like from the Aggie side of things, every folks are either really wanting or guaranteeing that that first game will be in College Station. Give me your thoughts for are they going to play in twenty four, and then where do you think the game will be played? Well, you lost me at the Aggie side of things. Um, <laughs> I, I don't really understand. Well, that's um, that's what I try to pro- sort of that's mentality. what I try to provide. I try to provide that for you, Justin. I'm trying to let you know kind of what I'm hearing on the other side, so that you know. Oh, you know okay, what I mean? okay. Yeah. I got. I, I worry about you, Chad. I got. I got. I got to make sure things are always clear when because usually we agree on stuff, and then when you bring College Station into it, it, it always gets confusing. It does. Um, yeah. You know, it's it, you know, it's funny, man. Um, I one, they're gonna play. Texas and Texas A&M are going to play in 2024. I mean, I don't know that as a fact, but I would be shocked if it wasn't. Knowing how the SEC schedules, um, I, it's going to be weird, but I, I guarantee you I think you're going to see Oklahoma. You're going to see Arkansas. You're going to see Texas A&M. I mean, these are, these are probably, that's the, the, probably the three schools that Texas has had the longest rivalries with. And so it would almost be silly with them joining the SEC to not embrace that, that, those traditions and, and get those things kicked back up. Mm-hmm. It is utterly stupid that Texas and Texas A&M haven't played football since 2011 on both sides of the fence, on both sides. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to get that knocked out. And we knew it, they would eventually come back to play. It, it's only a matter of time. They're going to play each other. Now, where are they going to play? A&M likes to feel like, they're already in the SEC. They they got their first, so they <laughs> right. should have the first draw. Yeah, they should have the first, you know, the first say in it. Whereas Texas can always say, "Well, the last time we played was in College Station, so nat- so naturally the next game would be at home." <laughs> I don't know where they're going to play. All I know is one school is going to be re- pretty unhappy with where <laughs> the results wind up. Um, you know, I. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if it starts back up in College Station, to be honest. Like I said, they've been in the SEC a little bit before. I'm not real sure the SEC cares what A&M thinks in that regard. But, it, it, you know, it, it, would, it would smooth things over. It would go over a little bit well it, it, from College Station standpoint. Um, I'm curious about the other games. You know, is it LSU, Alabama, Georgia, Florida, and Tennessee? I mean, that would be ridiculous, but you know it's funny because and I've mentioned this before. This is a conference where you may play one team once and you don't play them another time for ten years, and you're in the same conference. So when it comes to scheduling, 
the SEC is just really backwards about a lot of this. I mean, they've, they've, scrapped, they've scrapped the divisions, which feels kind of cowardly. They, they, they don't – you've got so, so many big programs and so many talented football players, yet a lot of these matchups are – they seem silly. They, they don't always pit the best against the best. And I guess their, their, their mentality is, you know, we don't want these guys beat up when they're going down a college football playoff stretch. They want to try to get as many teams in that college football playoff as possible, and if they beat up on each other in the SEC, that lessens the likelihood that that plays. I mean, that's an easy way. That's how they think about it. But top to bottom, I, I see A&M, I see OU, I see Arkansas. Um, LSU still owes. I mean, Texas still owes LSU a game in, in Baton Rouge. Texas is going to Tuscaloosa in 2024. It's, or 2023, rather. And so that'll be interesting to kind of see where the direction they go with that game. Um, a lot, a lot, a lot of good, a lot of good scenarios, man. And a lot of, it's going to be so much fun to finally see where these guys all shape up. Yeah. Yeah. Great point. Jay Wells. Let's see if the 12 team playoff will make any slight difference of how the SEC thinks when it comes to scheduling. But on another note, Michael Huff. 2024 ballot for the College Football Hall of Fame. When you think of Huff just being the leader of those DBU squads, what comes to mind for you? Man, man, listen. On the field, Michael Huff was a dog. I mean, this was a three-star out of Irving Nimitz. He was a track guy. With Dwayne Aquina, who played receiver, Dwayne Aquina talked him into playing corner, talked him into playing DB, and it changed his life. Um, it just, he did so many things and, and, you know, Thorpe award winner, national championship, defensive game, MVP, uh, top to bottom. Michael Huff did a little of everything. He, he knew exactly where to be at all times. He was a great tackler. He was good on the pick six. He was good in coverage and he had a nice little NFL career, uh, with the Oakland Raiders as well. And so on the field, I think Michael Huff checks every single box that you would need in the hall of fame off the field. He's 10 times better. <laughs> Michael Huff is one of the most genuine, yep. authentic human beings I've ever met. He is one of the most generous people I've ever met. Uh, he's always about other people with Michael Huff. Always. When it comes to players, when it comes to coaches, when it comes to family and friends, Michael Huff is always thinking of other people. And, you know, I, I, I've been fortunate enough to get to know Coach Huff a little bit over the years, and it's an absolute pleasure to know this man, to see how, how much he does for people. He does more stuff that you never see in the media. He does more things for people that you will never know about because he never talks about himself. He, he's very selfless. He's very humble. And so when I saw that come out, um, him and I have, two, uh, have a similar really good friend, and we talked, and it's like, you know, my buddy had been to the, the Hall of Fame. I believe it's in Atlanta, the College Football Hall of Fame recently, and he, he called Huff and told him, one day you're going to be here. And Huffy, you know, kind of laughed it off and said, don't be silly. And as my buddy and I talked, he said, no, this is, this is going to happen. Michael Huff deserves this. And like I said, on the field, he checks every single box that would quantify you to be in the College Football Hall of Fame from a stat perspective, production, and, and doing it on the biggest stage. Off the field, he's so much better. And that's why I think Michael Huff is unbelievably deserving for this honor. Yeah, I completely agree, Jay Wells. And now I got to ask you a basketball question. It's not going to be about LeBron maybe going to the Mavs. I'm not going to go make you go crazy Good. like that. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to let you know what are your thoughts on the finals with it being 1 1 game tonight in South Beach? How have you liked the finals thus far? Well, I'm glad that Jimmy Butler finally got off the plane uh, with about, what was it, about six or seven minutes left in game two. He shows up takes off the suit, gets, gets out there like Batman, scores a couple, you know, couple buckets down the stretch to, to clinch the victory and make it a series. Uh, you know, after watching the first game in the first half, the first three quarters of the second game, I was afraid Denver was probably going to take, you know, take this away. But that's the beauty of the finals. That's the beauty of basketball. There's all, it's always a game of runs. And I think Bam Adebo is really, really – he could be the key guy in this series. Uh, they, they, they don't have a match for him. Jokic obviously does everything that he does. But from a defensive standpoint, Bam is difficult to guard. And with his game rising the way it has in the last two games, 
I don't know if Miami has the horses to do this for seven. That's my only thing. I think Denver's so well-coached and so disciplined and so talented. I don't know if Miami can stretch this for seven. But Eric Spolstra found the mismatch. He found the adjustments with Kevin Love starting in the lineup, moving guys around. Spolstra is great at that, and I think you have to give him credit. I think it's a series now. I think Denver-Miami is going to be fun to watch. Denver is a team that operates offensively at a very high level, one of the best passing teams you're going to see in the NBA. Uh, and Jokic is the main you know, proprietor of that. He's a walking triple-double. But I'll say this, with it being 1-1 and Jimmy Butler not really doing a whole lot in the first two games, I'm afraid if he kind of hits a hot streak, Miami could run this thing. They're back Now they're going home. They, the pressure's on Denver. Now, Miami has some of that momentum. If Jimmy Buckets gets hot, the pride of Tom Ball, Texas, and Tyler Junior College could be looking at gold in the next couple weeks. So all I know is that after that third quarter, I I thought Denver had kind of put it in cruise, and I was kind of wondering where Miami was and when Jimmy Butler was actually going to arrive at Denver's airport. Once he got off the plane, that team kind of changed. It's a series now. I'm, I'm eager to see what happens tonight. That is Justin Wells inside Texas on 3.com at Justin Wells 2424 on Twitter. Justin, we always appreciate the time, brother. Have a great week. We'll talk to you next week and talk even more about SEC schedule night. By the way, do you know where the SEC <laughs> network is on your TV? Have you found it yet? The SEC has a network. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Oh, come on. Now, I've been telling the Longhorn fans. If they have their own network, it's only a matter of time that they'll have something like LHM, like the Longhorn Network. Hey, I've been, Then we'll be cooking. Look, I've been telling Texas fans down here on my particular you know, cable or whatever, it's right next to LHN. As long as you know where LHN is, SEC Network is right nearby. It's like one number that's away. That's exactly where mine is. I actually have two channels. I have the one that's the regular SEC Network. And then that one channel that whatever they show, you know, Texas A&M Vanderbilt on Saturday at noon, you know, uh-huh. that's where they show the game. It's one of those, it's one of those channels that they operate on, only on Saturdays for, for, you know, filling in teams. Or, or when Texas A&M plays, uh, you know, like in South Carolina, they'll play that. You know, they usually put it on that alternate channel. Yeah, you're right. It, it's right beside LHN with mine. Uh, I, I don't know how much SEC network I can handle, though. <laughs> if Fine Bomb is on that. It's all about Paul Feinbaum. If Feinbaum has anything to do with SEC Network, I'm out. Yeah, no, no, don't, uh, yeah, you don't need to worry about that part. It's the game part. You just mentioned it. You're going to love that alternate channel because they can run simultaneous triple headers even when everybody's playing garbage. <sighs> simultaneous Amen. triple headers even when everybody's playing non-conference garbage. It's fantastic. Hey, there has to be a channel for when Alabama faces the Citadel. I mean, it's got to be on TV. Exactly. That's what they did. They found a channel where nobody has to pay, you know, pay-per-view money for stuff like that. Uh, Justin, we appreciate it, brother. We'll talk to you next week. Nothing but love, guys. Thanks, Jay Wells. Uh, that's good stuff. By the way, speaking of Paul Feinbaum, Zay, on the way to the break here, the reason I met, wanted to ask that scheduling question, apparently Billy Lucci of Texags was on with Feinbaum, and I, I haven't listened to the comment yet, but he says Kyle Field is a lock to host the first game. What is being told uh, to Aggie people? Can somebody make this official? What is happening? I saw that. I didn't necessarily hear him say that. Okay, so this is one of those. He was kind of like what Aggie people are feeling is it should be a lock. And what they've been told is that it's basically a lock, kind of like what we've been talking about this whole time. See, it's bad enough all the Aggie stuff that's out there and the Aggie jokes that get created. Y'all got to stop helping it along. Like that headline with Ross Bjork, I think they trapped him into that. Ross Bjork says, and then you read through it and like, that's not what he said. So – I'll go listen to the comment during the break. I'll see exactly. Yeah, listen to it. Okay, I'll listen to it. We'll see exactly what Billy's saying there. Uh, but it does feel like at least there's a discussion on that that side of things that maybe that's where it's headed. But I don't think anybody's been told officially by the SEC. We shall see. We are one week away from that. One week from tonight is that SEC Network event where they'll tell us who the Longhorns' first eight conference opponents will be uh, for that SEC 2024 season. All right, coming up, we'll get you a flex. 
segment. Baseball games underway at the Dell Diamond. We already have a team into a championship game. We'll tell you who that is. Plus, is somebody fishing for an offer? We'll talk about it on the horn. Chad and Zay. Oh, good grief. Sometimes you got to have cotton candy for lunch. Warrant and cherry pie. It doesn't get any more this than this. What did you think of this one back in the day? Do you, When you were growing up, did this song matter at all to you? Uh, I knew it was a strip song. <laughs> I knew is, that. It is that. Yeah. yeah. It really is. That's about it. It really is that. Yeah, yes. I knew if this song was played... Tops would probably come off in certain places. Yeah, no, it's definitely that. There is a section of fans that may still like cherry pie. I'm good without cherry pie, but that's just me. The lead singer once said he wished he'd never written the song. I agree with him. What? Because this is it? Eh. It's just, it's so over the top and it's so wrong in so many ways. This band actually had some good stuff, and I think this is their jump the shark it's over kind of moment. Oh, that's too bad. The video was so like, uh, no, look, Bobby Brown was smoking hot. He ended up with Bobby Brown because of this video. And she dated him, somebody in great white, Vince Neal. She, I think, is the sex tape with Vince Neal, Bobby Brown. Huh. And she was incredible back in the day. But this one, eh, I can take it or leave it. Uh, Warrant, yes, and Lenny Kravitz getting us started today. Uh, a lot of good stuff out there. It is a rest in peace day for the Iron Sheik. For us pro wrestling folks, Zay and I are paying tribute today with our Mount Rushmore's of heels, some of our favorite heels of all time, and we've had some great names mentioned, uh, everything from the Sheik to Yokozuna to bald Randy Orton. I'm glad everybody said the bald Randy Orton right. uh, to, to clarify. Edge, yeah, when he was legend killer. The legend killer version, yes. Edge, Triple H, Savage, uh, so many different guys have been mentioned, uh, so let us know who some of your favorite heels are. Ho- uh, Hollywood Hogan. I mean, our guy Jeff House says that's on his Mount Rushmore because when Hogan went heel, he went all the way. Yeah. And that really is when, if he wasn't already, I mean, that he's one of the greatest uh, baby faces, obviously, of all time. But once he did that and did it the way he did it, that's when it officially stamped, to me, stamped Hogan on the Mount Rushmore of all Mount Rushmores. I know he's not too big of a heel, but he's just a big time superstar wrestler anyway scott hall razor ramon oh he was great he was good he called himself the bad guy yeah and yeah, had a toothpick and the thing and hey, yes. yo. <laughs> hey yo hey yo <laughs> that's right uh what he say in his hall of fame speech bad times don't last but bad guys do yeah uh best heels for the iron sheik today that's what we're throwing out somebody gave bruiser brody his love multiple times today that's one of the craziest heels ever in world, the world-class days with Devon Eriks, Bruiser Bode used to walk to the ring swinging a chain. So he was a heel even if you were just in the crowd. You had to be watching for Bruiser Brody. That was one of those guys, they definitely don't, don't use that other F word. Do not say it's fake uh, around yeah. Bruiser Brody. Yeah, he'd you probably would, show you the wounds to tell you that it's not. He would bloody you up quick. You'd be in trouble. Uh, Bruiser Brody and Abdullah the Butcher going at each other back in the day. That was some serious stuff. So we hit that a little bit today. We obviously previewed the NBA Finals Game 3 tonight. Miami and Denver going to South Beach. Let's see how everything starts off. You got a gut pick for me on tonight's game? Oh, man. If you had to pick it right now? I mean, I said Nuggets in five, so they have to win this. Yeah. What I said, but I can see Miami winning this one. Like, I did not. It's weird. Spolstra, I don't know if he mind-mucked us or what. Him having Kevin Love, DNP, not play for game six, seven in the Boston series and game one, like, that's a big deal. 
Because Kevin Love just being thrown into the lineup, all healthy and stuff, looking good. Like, he had 10 rebounds. He might have went two for nine from the three-point line, but he hit timely shots. And then the 10 rebounds, that was huge, and they matched up better defensively. That was a big-time change by Eric Spolscher. Yeah, he went, uh, what was it, uh, which fight was it with Ali and Foreman? Was it Thrilla and Manila when he did the rope-a-dope? Right. Yeah, right, just let him beat on you for a while and get tired and then come out swinging. Could that's a long play uh, if Spolstra meant to do that? Yeah, I mean, d- does he? Con- I'm assuming he would continue with that idea back at home. Let's see how that plays out, and then I'll go back to what starts quicker: Jimmy Butler or the Nuggets starters? Because I think all five of those guys have just been eh to start games in this series so far. Can they get going in Miami? And then for Jimmy Butler, dude, you're at home now. Go. What is it that you're – something's just not connecting with him in this matchup. He's trying to figure out uh, there's been, what to be. Yeah, there's been rumors floating around. I feel like Skip Bayless said this, but his father might be ill, and that might be a part of oh, his mind. So okay. who right. knows? As a dog as he is, we're all human out there, and that would definitely affect me. Of course. Like, I know he has the – crazy background with his parents and him being homeless at one point of his life but him and his dad could be cool now and yeah that might be affecting oh, him see so, I hadn't heard that yeah, okay. I, I really don't know how truthful that is but yeah that, it could be something to think about gotcha alright um, let's get you a little uh, little flex info they're starting to baseball semifinals today plus I think somebody wants another offer let's go Flex ATX for the best high school sports coverage. Listen to the horn and go to flxatx.com. Flex 30 is brought to you by Brain Vault. Brain Vault is a revolutionary and patented mouth guard that has been proven to help reduce the risk of concussion. Visit brainvault.com and join the movement. All right, let's check the scoreboard first off. Congrats to all those baseball teams headed to the Austin area today. We've obviously told you that Westlake, as far as the area teams, they're the one area team left, and they will be uh, getting ready to go on Friday evening. If you're a Westlake fan, you're hoping for Friday evening at uh, 7 when you play that semifinal, and then it's Saturday at 4, I think, for the championship game. That's at Dell Diamond. Everything but 4A is at Dell Diamond. Congrats to Abbott. Who advanced into the final of the championship game? They beat Canard uh, five to four, so a nice close game there today. The other game is not close so far. Fayetteville up on Nazareth for nothing. They are bottom six, so it looks like it's going to be Abbott and Fayetteville, but we'll see how that second game plays out. And over at the Dish, it is Liberty Ilu up on Randall for nothing. They are just getting started, though. Top of the first, so Liberty Ilu getting on the board quick. You got more games coming up today at the Dell Diamond, uh, Harleton and Collinsville, Sinton and China Spring, and Sinton uh, and China Spring would be the second game over at the Dish, and then Shiner and New Home um, in two A at. Dell Diamond. If you're just up for some baseball and you love baseball, and if you especially if you love hanging at the Dell Diamond, man, get on out there. Yeah, just buy kids. Buy a ticket. Check out all those games. Uh, that is good stuff. So we'll keep an eye on the baseball playoffs. Also, Zay, we keep an eye around this segment. Keep an eye on the different offers and comments and videos and uh the flex crew is always looking for you know those workout videos those seven on seven videos badass catches and throws and stuff there's a lot of that on there go check out uh, at flx atx on your socials guys talking about the offers they're getting and all those things and one of the guys we've been following for the last few months is adrian wilson of weiss talented receiver and part of what we've done on this segment is to just let everybody know, hey, here's a name to pay attention to. Let's see who cares. Let's see what offers come in. And Adrian Wilson, since we started talking about him, has added all kinds of big-time offers, from Oregon to OU to Utah to A&M to all kinds. But, Zay, I think he's fishing for one offer here. He put out a picture. At the top it says four-star, has four stars. At the bottom it says Adrian Wilson offers. He's got a question mark on his chest. And he's got 11 logos around Excuse me, it's not 11. It's 19 logos around him. Yesterday we talked about his list of 11. But he's got 19 logos on this tweet. None of them are Texas. He just tweeted out to Chris Jackson, Hey, I'm going to be in town. 
He was in the Texas gear, throwing up the double hook'em horns. He still doesn't have that Texas offer. Feels like Adrian Wilson's trying to fish for that Texas offer. Yeah, he's a local kid. Why wouldn't you want to come here? Like, that should be, if you don't have, like, A&M parents or Texas Tech parents, that's most of the time every kid's dream Mm -hmm. growing up in the Central Texas, Austin area to go to the University of Texas. But I would tell him he's young. Like, he just played his sophomore season. Right. Like, remember old school, back back in the day, guys wouldn't even give you a phone call until your senior year and school was out. Uh It's definitely changed, so I could see him feeling a certain type of way, like, oh, if all these schools, especially their rivals, are looking at me, why isn't the school that's right in my backyard giving me that look? And we just talked to Justin Wells about K.J. Lacey, and he says, yo, these guys are trying to get the top-tier recruits that fit their scheme and what they're trying to do, and it has to fit. And I know he's a great player coming out of Weiss, but – Think about that wide receiver room that we see right now and how thick it is. It's salty. It is very salty. So it's going to be tough to find your way. Like, ask Brendan Thompson about that wide receiver room. Right. With his ass over there in Norman now. Trainer. I mean, yes, he's a traitor. It is what it is. But he can't knock the brother. The room is crazy. Yeah, and he ain't slow. He's not slow one bit. (laughs) He's really talented. track guy. So it's all about fit for Sark and that crew when they're looking at guys. And I want to tell the youngster who's entering his junior year, be patient, young man. Be patient. In the state of – and again, this is just my speculation. I have no idea if he's actually wanting this offer or not. But in the state of Texas, he has offers from Houston, Texas Tech, Texas State – uh, Baylor, SMU, TCU, and A&M. And UTSA. Just missed that one, too. He's got offers and- from all of those schools. As of this moment, Texas has not made an offer. That must be a weird feeling, being an Austin-area guy and having right. all the other Power 5 schools in Texas throwing you offers, and that one that's in your backyard hasn't yet I I kind of I've definitely feel for him, even though yeah. he, he's I still tell him to be patient. Right. Yeah. Even if he would not go to Texas, even if he's not interested in going to Texas, a kid that's going to Weiss that's a big time star and starting to get some of those offers and some of that love, I would think it's kind of in the back of his mind. He might want that. Well, look look at the look at it this way, Chad. Think about somebody like Caleb Burton who was at Dell Valley, then went to Lake Travis and tore his ACL in between that time he was at Dell Valley and Lake Travis. And he committed to Ohio State early. Went up there, and it didn't work out. I don't know if he lost a step. I don't know what it was. We know hmm. that wide receiver room is thick. Yeah. Marvin Harrison Jr. and all the guys that they put into the National Football League. But... I, God forbid anything happened to this kid. It's a long time before he becomes a college athlete. So... Sark and them, they're being smart and seeing all the all the games that he still has to play to make that decision. Because, you know, I think about Caleb Burton, which I don't – where is he? I know he transferred, but he ain't at Ohio State no more. And I feel like Ryan Day probably was thinking, man, that guy that came to Columbus wasn't that same guy before the injury. Like, before the injury, Caleb Burton was nice with it. Crazy catches, getting Garrett Wilson, you know, comparisons. And he tore his knee up, and he just was the same. Still a really good player. Still D1, but he lost a step. Mm -hmm. So you got to be careful offering these guys early. You know, got to see it through a little bit sometimes. All right, uh, there's your flex segment. We do it every day at 1.30. We'll keep our eyes on Adrian Wilson and the other big names around the area, the flex stars looking for those offers and uh, maybe a a, uh, a look at the next level when they get ready for some college football. Obviously, Adrian's still got two seasons of high school football left. All right, coming up, uh, for you Longhorn fans, we're going to try to make the argument to get Michael Huff into the College Football Hall of Fame. I went over the list last night. Interesting fact about that uh, that process that I think it's important to get out there as well. We'll do that at 2.05. Up next, it's Where We At in Society with Zay. Yesterday we were talking about Kim and her T-shirt. We'll see what Zay wants to talk about today on The Horn. Chad and Zay. All right, rolling through a Wednesday. Oh, I think I got this one. 
That sounds like a George Lynch guitar riff that I'm a big fan of. Sounds like Dokken. Dokken. Dream Warriors? Dream Warriors. We just had uh, Freddie's birthday yesterday. Robert Englund, who played Freddy Krueger. Okay. Yeah, it was yesterday. So there's the appropriate. This song was on the soundtrack to, God, I don't know, part two, three, five, seven, whatever. One of the Nightmare on Elm Streets. This is a good jam. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Dream Warriors. Definitely better than Cherry Pie from War. <laughs> oh, Definitely come on. better. I don't think that. In the world of like hair metal slash rock, whatever you want to call this stuff, I think we can all agree on that one. I think even J- even the the late Janie, uh, Janie Lane might agree on that one. Uh, Doc and Warrant, yes, and Lenny Kravitz on the show uh, today. Thanks to Justin Wells for his time earlier. Uh, we're saying rest in peace and goodbye to the Iron Sheik today, dead at the age of 81. So we're looking for your Mount Rushmore or maybe just your list of your favorite heels in pro wrestling so, Zay, I heard from uh, our guy Eric Rains over at Coke FM. Eric Rains. He's also, not only is he, uh, you know, big time in his world, he is a P1 of ours. He loves listening to the station. He's also a wrestling guy. Oh, my God. He is. Uh, here are his, here's his heel list. Ric Flair, Bruiser Brody, the great Kabuki. Forgot about Kabuki. Kamala and Roddy Piper. Yeah, Roddy Piper. Piper's he on made my, that kilt look fly, he's, too. Uh, he is on my Mount Rushmore because I don't know if anybody fully embraced the idea of being a heel more than Rowdy Roddy Piper did. <laughs> oh, my Lord. He was incredible. I watched the documentary A&E did on the rivalry between him and Hogan the other day. That's an incredible documentary if you're into the wrestling stuff. You know, may, may want to check it out. You know, we get a lot of haters on this show because, obviously, we're ridiculous people. I get it. Mm-hmm. It comes with the job. It's fun. But when you get, like, texts from Jeff Howe and Craig Way and Eric Raines during your show, it makes you feel good that those guys, it as does. great as they are yeah. on air, are listening to us two. Yeah. Like, they definitely have way better things they could be doing. And the fact they're listening to us, I guess we're not too bad. Yeah, it's good stuff. Good stuff. I'm telling Shout out to those three. Yeah, they're getting, they'll help us with information. Craig, yeah. Craig will text you a book during the oh, show. Oh, that's amazing. It's incredible. It's one of my favorite things. Oh, my God. So much. He was texting us today about Super Bowl 35. <laughs> yeah. And all these little, little, nobody knows more Super Bowl than Craig Way. I, I've never met anybody that knows more details about Super Bowls than Craig does. Yeah. It's incredible. Uh, by the way, uh, coming up a little later. Um, our guy Dave Howard, uh, our production guru, walked in and handed me some of uh, some Iron Chic tweets that he saw. Some of his favorite Iron Chic tweets. I'll read some of those coming up. They're fantastic and all in capital letters. All he did was tweet capital letters, screaming at everybody. Uh, and a lot of people on Twitter, I know, are going to miss that. Rest in peace to the Iron Sheik. My man, Suplex Stu, told me today, Zay, he was active all the way up until this WrestleMania weekend so what was that early april he was doing events like signings and whatever around wrestlemania not matches obviously but like the sheik was still showing up that's what i'm talking about you're a legend he's awesome man that's awesome and and in their world to get to 81 years old and have all that impact for all those years that's rare that's yeah i never think about it like that a lot of those because a lot of those folks end up dying for all kinds of reasons in their in their 20s 30s 40s and 50s so for the fact that he made it all the way to 81 is incredible. All right, so let's get you a little where we at. <laughs> oh, excuse me, Bucky God was also texting me during the show. Does Bucky so God will have he, some heels he wants to talk about? No, oh. but this is way different than okay. what Jeff, Eric Reigns, and Greg sent to us. So I put them in a different category. Buck, thank you for listening. You're a legend in your own right. I can't say the things that you text me, No, you ridiculous can't, person. We can't repeat those because Bucky does not just text like Abdullah the Butcher. That is not what he's texting Zay during the show. I don't even get to see those texts. Those are just for Zay. Oh my gosh. That's just for Zay. It's just, if you produce that show, The Bond, and I cherish it so much. I love that man. He's great. I'll be on b e next week filling in for E. Hogan and just, I know what, how he communicates with Brad Kellner. I know how he communicates with Trey Elling, and now Ty's in the mix. Ty Henderson, the current producer. Uh-huh. And I also... Just like he's just the greatest person, and the bond that you have with him, like he loves his producers. If you do the job the right way, right. he respects that. And yeah, it's just a joy to have him as a friend. 
like like that. The way he could text me the crazy stuff that he texts us. He's a wild dude. Yeah, he must have texted you something really rude, <sighs> rude for you to say something that nice. <laughs> it must have gotten really weird. <laughs> uh, shout out to you, Woo! Buck, if you're out there listening today. Yesterday, well, I thought of Bucky. Yesterday was National Gardening Exercise Day. And I know Bucky's getting out there in the garden all the time. So yeah, that's right. Shout out to Buck and all those gardeners out there doing it, uh, doing it in the dirt uh, and getting it done, raising your own stuff. That is, uh, that's a cool feeling. All right, uh, let's get a little where we at here, see what Zay wants to talk about. Where are we at in society today? All right, Zay, yesterday you showed me Kim Kardashian in a nice shirt making fun of her sister. Can you match it today? I think I can. Okay. So remember when we talked about Tyler Hero? Yes. And his decision making off the court with his baby mama. Oh yes, yes, yes. He's still with. He's still with the woman. So it's not that bad if they have a great relationship. She's just an IG model. I don't know. If she has an OnlyFans, but she uses what she's working with to make money. Yeah, I can't and, can't speak for the whole train, but the caboose is stocked. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So she's former IG model. He played for the Heat. Or he plays for the Heat in Miami. He's young. He got caught up. I say he got trapped. He got two kids with the dude. Absolutely trapped. Next on the list of NBA players getting trapped, Uh Zion Williamson. Oh, no. Got his ass. It's bad. What is is happening? So Zion yesterday, it just came out that he will be having a baby soon with an Instagram model. Uh She dated Lil Boosie at one time from Louisiana. So she's a Louisiana product girl. Okay. But she's a little out there. (laughs) In the video that I sent you below all the... You know, uh-huh. the Nicole Green video that I sent you. That's the one. She's okay. in the blue fighting the girl. Oh, she, this is not the girl in the orange. No. She went on viral <laughs> one time for fighting and beating the crap out of some girl. Wow. I don't know if this was on Ooh, Bourbon Street. I don't my know. goodness. Yeah, and like her oh, bitties yeah. are all out and stuff. It's not okay. a good look. You don't want this as your woman. I'm all just right. saying that. Like, you know, there's always protect yourself, ladies. If somebody's testing you, I get it. Protect good. yourself. But... Not like this. This is world star-ish. When you hear people in the background go, world star, that's not a good look. And that's what she's doing. So Zion, he's with an Instagram model. Whoa. And yeah, she got, and he got her pregnant. But that's not the worst part. The worst part is another, this is an OnlyFans model. So that means she makes money on OnlyFans showing all types of stuff. The woman in blue or different? This different is, Mar- yeah, this, this is, is we're going to person. a different girl. Okay. Her name's Mariah Mills. Okay. And she's putting all of Zion's messy ass information ah, online. Oh my God. She is saying stuff. She's I'm not retweeting any of this. You can't retweet it. It's it's, it's wild. So foul. It's wild. So Mariah, I guess, was the mistress in this moment. <laughs> and of course, she's offended. She went out and said, Oh no. I let you spit in my mouth last week Duh. and you blanked. Yeah, yeah. And we blanked. Yeah, yeah. You could have told me that you had another mm-hmm. pregnant. <laughs> how was you gonna work? How was it gonna work moving us both to New Orleans? You think I would have found out, Zion? Wow. She also has other receipts talking about I mo- <laughs> this is my favorite one. I motivated you to get back in shape. I let you uh, oh, no. all types of ways oh, and no. film me on your phone. Oh, no. And you impregnate a low-budget mm. porn star. <laughs> the DNS test or I'm done, uh, Mariah Mills said. Wait, so, Zion, wait. this is what I'm talking. Y'all thought I was crazy. Y'all thought I was nuts talking about Tyler Hero and how he should be careful. What? Tyler, you're good. You're clear. Okay, wait now, Zion is the example. Wow. When she's talking about a DNA test, she's the one that's pregnant? Or no, the, the other, other one? one. The other one's pregnant. Oh. So he's dealing with two women right now. He's dealing with his actual baby mama, who he was all hugged up with. And, you know, only thing Zion didn't have at the baby shower was the Burberry shirt which is very popular for black baby showers for the man to wear. It's always a Burberry shirt. I don't know why. It's very interesting. It's mm-hmm. the weirdest thing that in is, black culture. It is weird. But they always rock a Burberry okay. <laughs> shirt Fair enough. when they, you know, when you see the sex of the kid during that little whole rendezvous. The, the Burberry shirt is the gender reveal yes, shirt? Yes, it's the gender reveal shirt in black America. <laughs> 
I don't know why, but that is a fact. Weird. So right. he wasn't rocking the Burberry shirt. He looks very happy. Old girl wasn't smiling that, you know, baby mama, she wasn't really smiling in the picture. Well, her hand probably hurts because she's been punching everybody. Yeah, that's true. Dude, that's a tough. If that's your mom, she can take care of herself. Yeah. Mariah Mills also posted a photo of her in New Orleans just last week. Posted a video this of the, the other girl. No, this is the no, mistress, no. like, posted, like, a video of her being in New Orleans, like, I was here. Oh, right, okay. So you you got another woman pregnant. Oh, my God. But you were spitting in my mouth, which is, Zion, you a freak, on. boy. Spitting in the mouth. On. That's some freaky stuff. Come on now. Like, yo, that's Ron Jeremy somewhere giving Dude. you a standing ovation. No, you this... on some freaky stuff, I mean, Zion. That ain't Duke-like. To... What would Coach K say? Come on, it's past 2 o'clock, but people still eat lunch <laughs> this time of day. We don't need to be talking about the specifics. Come on. Man, I'm just saying, what would Coach K say? You know what I'm saying? Like, this isn't very Duke-like. Bobby Hurley wouldn't be doing anything like this. He'd say gassers is what he'd say. Yeah, Christian Lager. Could you see Johnny Dawkins doing anything like this? No. Neither could I. So, hey, this is what I mean. This is exactly what I mean. They will trap your ass if you are dumb enough to fall for it. Because that thing, thing, all the money in the world, they see it. They see that paper that you making. They can't wait. They can't wait. They throw that booty in your face. And Zion, he couldn't refuse it. Mm, and got him. Two women got him. And now who knows what's going to happen. I, like We know what he was doing in his spare time when he was hurt. That's for sure. I have a weird compliment to give to the baby mama. I don't know how many times she's been in a fight while topless. She still fully commits to all those punches and the fight, even though she knows she's just topless on a street. Oh, yeah. She ain't worried about that. Wow. Yeah, it was about the ass whooping. That is committed to the fight. Mm-hmm. She stays engaged. She keeps that hand contact where the right is still effective. And that slam up against the wall at the end. Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo. See, that's a red flag. That was rough. See, some Zion clearly has a bad camp. Bad entourage. Because I would have showed them this video and be like, you see the girl that you working with, dog? You see that she's okay wow. with this? You see her biddies out and she's still beating the hell out of old That's girl? That's unbelievable. And you man. want this? Oh, man. Zion, hey, you're trapped forever. <laughs> forever. Yeah. This is it. At this point, if you're Zion, you probably want the DNA test to double check too, right? Just I would to do make it. sure. I would do it. Just to make sure. <laughs> to know if that's what you're ultimately committed to now. All yeah. right. Uh, there's a story to keep your eyes, uh, eyes peeled for. My goodness. All right. Two o'clock hour coming up. College Football Hall of Fame. Can we get Michael Huff in? I say yes, and I'll tell you the other names I'd put in as well. Coming up at 2.30, why today matters. How about happy birthday to AI? It's all coming up on the horn.